Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope everyone out there is doing great with their self-isolation, possibly self-quarantine. We're back here to give you entertainment, uh, a release from from the humdrum of the day, of the the news cycle, give you the fantasy football news. Uh, I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. New this week, my partner, Jacob Trowbridge. Say hello. Hello. Uh, we are doing, uh, we're, we're practicing our own self-isolation here and not face-to-face for the uh, first time in the history of our podcast. So new experience for us, but we're back a couple days later than normal, but uh, we refuse to give up as long as this is going on. Isn't that right? That's right, goddammit. We're not going to let this stop us from doing what we do. That's right. We're okay, semi-professionals. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're going to let it stop us from doing what we do in the exact way that we typically do it. Um, and it is a little ironic. We are recording in separate uh, houses. However, those houses are directly next to each other. If we so, so we chose, could... we could be staring out the window at each other doing the podcast. I don't know why we didn't think of that, honestly. I think we should be staring from kitchen window to kitchen window, hand-pressed against the window. Oh, it, like it's a jail time. scene? Yes, for sure. I think for next week, that's what we should consider. That, that could be a thing. But anyway, we're back this week. Um, we are we are ditching what we had said we were going to do after last week's uh, episode, um, postponing the Dynasty talk for this week because there's been so much free agency news and free agency finally opened yesterday that I felt like we just had to address it and talk about it because there's been so many fucking bonker things that have been going on here with free agency so far. It's too wet and wild to ignore. It is. It doesn't make it. It is. And I just need to talk about it with someone. You know, I I just can't contain it inside anymore. The other thing, the dynasty talk, yes, that's all great. That's good. That's good information to have. We're going to get to it. Eventually, yes. Given the state of things, I think it's even better that we dive into some of the crazy bullshit that is happening here and now. That's right. But first things first. What are we drinking? And I say, what are we drinking? Because it's a very special what are we drinking, because we each have our own beers this week. So it's a twofer. That's right. That's right. We're going to have unique experiences during this self-isolation, this social distancing. We've even distanced ourselves from each other's beers. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are you drinking this week, sir? So I am drinking uh, Cigar City Margarita Goza. I'm not going to lie, I'm a little jealous of the one that you're drinking. I kind of want that to be the one that I'm drinking. But I am drinking an old standby here, but it's new to the podcast. But it's the Goose Island 312 Urban Wheat Ale. Always a solid beer. It really is. Oh, solid. I'm going to say it right now. This is maybe my favorite thing that has come out of Chicago. No no BS. Wow. Even more so than than Smoking Jay Cuddy? Oh, you know, smoking Jay Cuddy, drinking a Goose Island. There's my uh, Christmas card. There you go. Yep, that's my stuff. How is yours tasting over there? It is great. It is. It's it's uh, very light. It's tart. Um, it's an ale brewed with orange lime and salt. You definitely get that salt flavor. Um, 
Uh, it's a very refreshingly 4.2%. Um, oh, it's just a very nice, easy drinker. Uh, makes me wish it was a little bit warmer out right now because this would be a great summer beer just in the sun, you know, pounding a few of these bad boys back. As it is, it's the apocalypse, and so it's raining. Yes. Uh, because that is the third plague, I think, and then locusts are supposed to be. Yes, and it is the uh, first day of spring as well, so. What the, what the actual fuck? Uh, Goose Island 312, for those of you who haven't had it, it's, uh, I mean, it's just a nice, refreshing wheat. It's also 4.2%. So oh, twinsies. Yeah. Uh-huh. We did something right. Yeah, this one's got a little bit of a lemon kick to it. Nothing crazy. It's not overbearing. Uh, but this is one of these, uh, for, for example, I picked up another 15-pack of this today because I love it so much, and I want to be prepared to hunker down with it. I'm, I'm calling it now. This would be my apocalypse beer. Oh, really? Nice. Yep, yep. I dig it. So um, we will separately rate our beers in Untapped, um, but we'll still provide them through the DTFF Drinking Fantasy Untapped umbrella. Of course, as we do. What are you going to give yours right now? I'm just curious. I think I'm going to give this a four. I was debating a 4.25 because I really do like this, but Ooh. I think I'm going to say four. All right. Be safe. That's fine. I, I'm i going to, on the basis that I just said that this is my apocalypse beer uh, slash quarantine beer, I feel like I have to step it up a notch. I'm going to give it that 4.25 because it's so consistently good. It really is. I mean, I really do love that beer. I've had it many times. If I see it out at the bar and there's nothing else I'm really um, jiving with, it's like that. I'll, I'll go to that every time because it is just a great, solid, easy drinking beer. Yeah, it gets you through. It mm-hmm. gets you through a long, hard day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what else gets you through a long, hard day? Our... Is it? Is it your mom? Oh, I couldn't help it. You just, you just, you just set it right up on the tea box for me here. I, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I laughed at it. You can see it coming from all the way over here. And that's what she said. Oh, God damn it! Oh, you son of a bitch! All right, fine. I will give you both of those. Kudos on those, you dastardly asshole. Uh, no, I am talking about my favorite segment. Our. Drunk, 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 but they were all sidelined for a stretch. Mm-hmm. Needed a QB bad. Traded a 2023rd and Nicole Hardman for Mason Rudolph. Oof. Still repeated, though. Uh, got that extra uh, title that, that year, even playing Mason Rudolph for a short period of time. So that's impressive. I mean, it is a Q2B league, so hopefully the other QB was... Uh someone really good yeah yeah basically um and you know with with Mahomes, you know you only had to make it through a uh like a two-week stretch two to three-week stretch basically uh, until he was back at full strength so um but the trade itself yeah that's not not a great trade be cold man 
I'm so excited for him this year. Mm-hmm. I, I really am. With Sammy out of the way, uh, I think it's it's his time to shine. And I think he's really going to regret watching Mason Rudolph kind of flutter away in the league. And um, look, it, he did what he had to do, and hopefully that helped him in some small way repeat. Well, and if you repeat it's it, it's totally worth it. It is. You know, because that's all that matters. You win the ship. Truth. So what would you rate this drunk trade? On a on a scale of hard seltzers, um, what what's the scale? Well, it's one hard seltzer to eighteen hard seltzers. Everybody knows this scale. It's a pretty industry standard. No, scale. oh my bad. <laughs> um, How many do you think he had chugged down prior to making oh, this drink? Fifteen. Fifteen of the hard seltzers. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. Flavored ones too. Yeah, it's probably really those fine. Bud Light ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, because he actually got the championship. See, I think that's where. That's uh, the trick. You have to you have to be careful of that. Yeah, I think I think it would be about a dozen of okay. uh, White Claw, but of the bad flavor of White Claw, whatever that is. I wouldn't know because I don't drink White Claw. So. Because you're such a man. <laughs> you're damn right. I'm a man. All right, let's talk more manly things. Yes. Uh, let's talk free agency palooza. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with the NFC this week because there's so much to cover. I really think we have to break this up a little bit. Okay. So, NFC. And this is in no particular team, no particular order here. Um, so, QBs. Of course, we start with QBs. Most important, <laughs> most important position, make the most money. That's true. So we've got Teddy Bridgewater signing with Carolina. Now that was slightly surprising, I have to say. I was very surprised. I'm gonna say it. I was very, very surprised. I kind of don't like it. <laughs> I don't, you don't like it. You don't like it for who? I don't like it for the wide receivers there, specifically Curtis Samuel, who I was kind of hoping would have um, a breakout Mm -hmm. this year. He's always been teetering on breakout status. Um, Last year with the mishmash of QBs there didn't really help him. He does seem to be the deep guy. He got uh, plenty of targets, but he got very few on-target targets. Mm Mm-hmm. This should at least help the um, catch rate, but I don't think that it will be much under it. I don't think there will be a lot of air yards to talk about. Yeah, Teddy is not the you know downfield um, threat. You know, obviously with Michael Thomas there in uh, New Orleans, he just fed him the ball because Michael Thomas is more of the short route um, guy, which is great for DJ Moore and great for you know CMC. Uh, I think both of them will be perfectly sure. fine. But uh, yeah, yeah, kind of tempers my expectations for for Curtis Samuel. Yeah, and and depending on who the tight end ultimately is there right now, it would look to be Ian Thomas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll still continue to add somebody. Uh, I kind of think that they might. Um, and whoever that tight end is might be the person that I end up targeting the most off of his team now. Mm-hmm. I concur. All right, and then the other big free agent signing in the NFC for quarterbacks was Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Well, 
Supposedly. Potentially. Yeah, supposedly. Presumably, it's happening. Yes. It, it, the contract's not signed. No, but it's basically, at this point, a done deal. So how do you feel about uh, that move? I, <laughs> I hate this more than I hate the Teddy Bridgewater one uh, for the exact same reason. Those receivers. Um, I think Chris Godwin's okay. Mm-hmm. He should morph in. He's both. He's the slot guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arians has already called him out as his de facto Larry Fitzgerald slot dude. So in that way, he should then be Edelman 2.0, I guess. Mm-hmm. But better. <laughs> but, but, but better. Well, hence the 2.0. Okay, correct. Obviously, you don't make it worse if it's the 2.0, unless you're like Apple, you know, with an iPhone or something. Mm-hmm. And, and then you take a step backwards. Um but I would say Mike Evans is now a scary proposition. Which makes me sad because I own a lot of Mike Evans in, in multiple leagues here. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned about that as well. Uh, how do you feel about uh, the tight end position? Because t- TB, he likes his tight ends. But he, but does he? But does he really? Or did he just like Gronk because it was Gronk? Well. The whole thing with the Patriots is um, – you know, every every time a new Patriots uh, tight end came into the picture, every time they picked up somebody mm-hmm. else at that position, everybody jumped on them, and you had to sign Adam right away off your waivers uh, because they were going to be the next Gronk, and it never was. And the guys before, during, after Gronk that weren't Gronk, besides like Aaron Hernandez, um, controversy noted, by the way. Um, but besides those guys, it really hasn't been and Palooza there. So I don't know. I'm so skeptical. Do you think O.J. Howard is like the man now? I don't think so. I've never been a big fan of his, and while this maybe moves the needle slightly, it's still a Bruce Arians offense where they typically don't funnel the targets through the tight end. So I, I, I don't think this does much for him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say it slightest of uptick mm-hmm. like if i want to stash him as my tight end three i'm now all of a sudden more interested in that mm-hmm. but that's that's about it okay so that's basically it for now for oh wait we didn't talk about tom brady's actual fantasy value no oh. <laughs> we should probably do that what fantasy value he has much yeah he was but he but he was qb12 this last year Right. Um, I, I think he would be in a Q2B, two QB league or a super flex league. Um, I think he would be an okay as your second quarterback on your team, but I wouldn't want him as your number one guy. In, in a standard redraft league, you know, one quarterback, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a waiver wire guy. I mean, maybe maybe there's some teams or some 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 owners out there that, you know, think that this is the the best thing since sliced bread and and they really believe that this is going to be the fountain of youth for them but uh i I don't think i'm going to be one of those guys that's fair can i put out a bold take here right now on this you may okay i think it would be wise to pick up whoever the backup is to tom brady because i suspect around week eight or nine they might have some fantasy relevance because i don't think that brady meshes super well with the amount that Arians is going to want him to throw and the way that that system runs mm-hmm. where it's just airing out all the time, mm-hmm. I, I think that shoulder is going to get a little sore. I think it could very well be 
that uh, he has to sit for a couple of games, maybe even longer. Yeah. So I would pick up his backup. Yeah. Um, I do like whatever running back ends up uh, in Tampa Bay, whether it's a free agent or one of these, you know, rookie uh, running backs. You know, if they draft one early, I do like that as a pass catching option out of the backfield. Obviously, we saw what they did with James White in in Tampa, um, in New England. Um, so, so I do like that um, as a fantasy option there. Whoever that person is, I'd probably be uh, taking a very close look at them. Fair. Can we talk about the fact that Dak got franchise tagged at least? I know it's not exciting, but it did happen. It did, um, which good for him. Play out the tag game, you know, and uh, uh, maximize your money. Do, play the Kirk Cousins role here. Um, I don't mind that at all. Um, especially because he's just so undervalued. I do like that Amari Cooper signed uh, the big mega contract, um, yes. which, which we'll get to, obviously, a little bit more detail. But I do like that they are, are are trying to keep that core of their players together because I thought that offense looked really good last year. And um, and I'm, I'm looking for more of the same this year. For sure. Kellen Moore is still there mm-hmm. as the coordinator, which is great. And, yeah, with all those core pieces, some guys left – uh, which we're going to talk about as well. No more, no more Randall Cobb. Sorry, Randall, uh, but you're you're fine. You're going elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's gone. Uh, there's there's probably still going to be some additions to that team throughout the uh, the off season here. But yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we want to stay with uh, the NFC or? Do we want to go to AFC and continue with quarterbacks here? Oh, you want to do, you want to do it that way? You want to you want to mesh them? I thought it might be overload, but if you think our listeners can handle it, then let's do it. Well, let's just go uh, as long as we can here. That's what she said, and um, 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 we'll just go through the list. And if we run out of time tonight, we can always pick up next week. All right, all right, I like it because look, there's still going to be probably a lot more that happens in the coming week. Absolutely. Plus that we'll have to get to later. Absolutely. All right. So we'll continue with quarterbacks then. So um, I think the big one that we can talk about here for the AFC is Philip Rivers going to Indianapolis. And I know there was a lot of chatter about that prior to free agency opening, but uh, now that it actually happened, um, you know, I think that's a interesting move for Indianapolis. Um, Philip Rivers will have, you know, the best offensive line he's probably ever had in his life. Um, and a fairly team-friendly deal with at only $25 million for the one year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, when I was uh, a quick plug for our friends, I was on the Dynasty Heat Seekers podcast last week. And what we were up? To, uh, yeah, we were trying to predict where some of these landing spots would ultimately be. Uh, I failed on a great many of them, but I did say Rivers made a lot of sense um, to go to Indianapolis. That's one of the only places I could see him fitting. It's still going to be tough for him because I don't know what all the weapons will be there. Like it's T.Y. Hilton if he's healthy, right? Ready to go. Paris um, Campbell. Yeah, Paris Campbell. Um, Doris Fountain got that. Uh, Got that re up, so he'll be there. Jack Doyle, maybe. Jack Doyle plus whatever tight ends they add. I think they're going to bring in another running back. That's my speculation. But what? here's what I like about this signing. All right. I like Naheem Hines. I was just going to ask about that. 
Ooh, we are on the same page. We are not on the same beer, but we are on the same page. Um, Naeem Hunt, I'm not saying that he's automatically Austin Eckler from last year or the year before, mm -hmm. but I think he sees an uptick in targets. Where where do you think he'll end up? Are you are you are you thinking like RB three, low end RB two? What are you what are you thinking? I think that he gets uh, up to mid range RB two. Oh, where I could see him going. Yeah. Oh, so very yeah, high. I'm not projecting RB one here. I'm not projecting Eckler exactly, but we know that Marlon Mack doesn't catch the ball. Mm hmm. Uh, that's that's a trend. That is not just an anomaly at this point. That's a trend. Uh, and th unless they go, really go out aggressively hunting for wide receivers in this draft um, and adding extra tight end help, I don't think that there's a chance he finishes below RB3. And I think he could very well do the mid RB2. Nice. I like it. Uh, me too. Hey, let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. I know it's not exciting again, but he re-signed with Tennessee. No, I think that's that's exactly what everybody in the fantasy community was hoping would happen. Let's be honest. He he balled out the second half of the season. He looked really good. Um, he was great for uh, A.J. Brown. I, I don't know what's oh, yeah. not to like. I mean, I know they franchised Derrick Henry, so uh, they're basically keeping the entire offense together. Uh, Sands, Delaney Walker, R.I.P. old man. Oh, oh. You didn't have to say it like that. I didn't have Did to, but it felt good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair, though. I I love it. I really do. As somebody who has Tannehill in a couple of leagues, this is the exact move I was hoping for. Uh, unless somehow he landed in Tampa Bay, which I knew was an extreme long shot, mm -hmm. I'm really happy that he went back to Tennessee. Yeah, and I um, I'm happy for him personally, like as, as a person, like good for him for escaping uh, the the black hole that was Miami and kind of re-resurrecting re his career. You know, after all the the ACL injuries he had and everything else, it's it's good to see a good success story like this. Absolutely. The guy, I, 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 I want to root for him. I want to root for him so much that I can barely get the words out. <laughs> so I'm excited to see where they go. So he finished the second half of the season, uh, depending on your scoring settings, as like the QB2 or QB3. Um, how do you, where do you see him getting drafted in redraft this next year? I think he's still going to fly under the radar um, for quite a bit. Yeah, from week seven on, I, I, in our scoring system, settings had him at, at QB3 there. Um, we talked previously in another episode that he had 70% of his games for top 12 finishes. Mm -hmm. But I do think that he still flies under the radar. So it will ultimately be drafted where you should draft. So him, if, he, if, if you're staring at him at, like, the say, the 10th round and you haven't picked a QB yet, would you pick him? Yes. You would. Absolutely. All right. And I'm still expecting regression in mm -hmm. his efficiency because he was outrageously efficient. Oh, yeah. Like Lamar Jackson efficient, um, especially in terms of touchdowns and mm -hmm. all that. But I still think he'll be a very reasonable late-round QB if you're one of those people who doesn't want to take one early, which I think we both kind of fall into that category. Uh, I'd be happy with him at that round. Yeah. All right. Um, so one other thing we have to talk about going to NFC. Um, what about uh, Nick Foles going to uh, uh, Chicago? 
I love it. Um, as a smug Packers fan, I love it. As, an, <laughs> as, as a fantasy tracker, I'm less enamored with this. It's a competition, supposedly now, between Nick Foles and Mr. Mm-hmm. Trubisky. But I don't know. Give me your thoughts on this. They had to absorb a crazy contract. Yeah, to I, get Nick I, I agree with you 100%. As a Packer fan, I love it because it puts the Bears in a very weird cap position. Um, obviously, they don't feel like Trubisky is 100% their guy, uh, which is saying a lot based on the draft capital that they had to give up to get him initially in the draft. Uh, you know, open competition. I honestly, I think Foles could beat him out, uh, but it's a matter of is Foles going to be able to stay healthy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, are we really that worried about his injuries at this point? It was just the one. Um, it was a doozy. I understand. I'm not that worried about him staying healthy. But I he, am worried about him retaining fantasy relevance. Right. You know. So what does this do for the for the likes of the Chicago weapons? Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, whatever bum they are. Jimmy Graham. Now that he's signed with uh, Chicago, um, uh, what do you feel about their offense now with possibly Nick Foles heading the the charge there? I think they all get a slight bump up. I say very slight because Nick Foles, at least the one thing we know is he's not an extremely mobile quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to be rushing for many yards. So whatever rushing yards Trubisky was going to take, you know, you can disperse those amongst the, the receivers now. And I do think that real life, Nick Foles is a better quarterback than Trubisky. He should be able to have a little bit higher um, hit rate, if you will, with his guys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they all get a slight bump. Is there anybody that you're really going after in that offense because of this? No, none more so than before. Like, I'm pretty high on Allen Robinson. I think he's um, perpetually underrated. Um, so he's always, you know, last couple seasons, he's been a trade target for me. That hasn't changed at all. Um, but no one that I'm like super excited uh, to go after at this point. Okay. In, in other competition at quarterback news, Marcus Mariota got signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Woo! So what do we? I mean, that's an even worse version of what we're already talking about here. I feel like I feel like at this point, though, he's trying to pull a Tannehill, and he's going in as the backup to hopefully get replaced midway through the season and prove himself, because uh, he hasn't done much uh, so far. I think that's very possible, and I don't know if you play the narrative game, but uh, John Gruden and Derek Carr do not seem to be the the likeliest of friends or the 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 strongest they don't have Mm -hmm. the strongest connection there There seems to be some weird shit happening between the two of them Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't quite get it but maybe that's uh all the fire that needs to be there for mariota to step in maybe even before the season starts i don't know right yeah absolutely okay i think we've exhausted our uh qb talk for today at least Unless you want to talk about Jeff Driscoll, and I know you do, but I don't know if anybody wants to listen. It really does nothing for me. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to running backs. All right, let's do that. So, uh, big news that broke this afternoon is Todd Gurley got released. 
Yeah, dear God. Um, I hope you guys picked up Darrell Henderson, but also I don't fully expect him to become the starter, right? Yeah, so maybe uh, Justin Jackson will be a thing finally. Maybe. It very well could. People have been waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I, who picks him up? Who takes on... Todd Gurley, there have to be suitors out there. Well, I, I'm sure he will get signed. Um, would, okay, let me ask you a question. Since both are free agents, who would you rather have, Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon? Todd Gurley. And I say that very with a heavy heart because I love Melvin Gordon. Um, but I, the, the thing with Gurley is, like you saw last year, he was healthy. There was all the concern about his knees. But his knees looked fine. It was the mm-hmm. offensive line that was complete and utter garbage. Mm-hmm. Nothing could run appropriately in that offense. And and um, and, and McVay seemed to change his offensive scheme where um, obviously Gurley wasn't quite the focus. And then obviously the Rams are in an awful cap position. Uh, had like no draft picks to speak of. Um, so they're trying to make some moves to, to help with that as well. And Gurley's still young. I mm-hmm. mean, Melvin Gordon is, too. I think they're both 26 or on the verge of 26. Um, let's yeah. see. Todd Gurley is 26, and Melvin Gordon is 27. Oh, okay. Um, well, oh, boy, I don't know. I, if I was an NFL team, I guess maybe give me the guy who didn't hold out on the contract. <laughs> You know what I mean? Just if that's a tiebreaker, mm-hmm. maybe that's one that you use. Both have had their fair share of injury concerns. So they have. I, I, I would personally take Todd Gurley. Um, you've seen what he's been able to do in the past. Is he the same guy as he was a few years ago before this injury? Maybe not. But still, say he's 75% of what he was. That's still a hell of a lot better than a lot of running backs in the league. And you know he can catch the ball. You know, he he is a pass catcher out of the backfield where, yes, Melvin Gordon does do that, but isn't necessarily his strong point. Uh, He's more of the between the tackles running, you know, traditional running back. Um, So I would take Gurley over him every time. For sure. For sure. And that's one that we'll obviously have to keep track of um, on the next week's podcast. Hopefully something's been solved with that and Mm -hmm. we can talk about where he landed. Uh, But we can, in the meantime, talk about. Derrick Henry also mm-hmm. getting uh, his feet back in Tennessee. He got the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp. Uh, so for him, probably not what he was hoping for. Obviously not. But uh, the gang's back together. Tannehill's there. Henry's there. The wide receivers are there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, his. we've talked at length about Derrick Henry, and I don't think either of us expect him to exactly repeat what he did last year. Um, maybe not quite as much as he did, but I would expect him to be pretty close to what he did this last year. Um, I think this is a really smart move by Tennessee to just put the franchise tag on him and not invest in him long term. I think they are going to just do what they did this last year, run him until he falls apart, maybe franchise him a second time, run him into the ground again, and then just be done with him, throw him away. Um like a uh, Clorox uh, disinfecting wipe that you use to, to, oh. to clean your table here and Boo. just be done with them. Uh, I, 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 you know, running backs are so disposable right now. And, and granted, they're paying him, I think the franchise tag is what, like 12, 
million dollars or so uh, this year, um, but he's proven it. Um, I think if you own him in Dynasty, you can ride him for this year for sure, uh, and then and then get rid of him after this season and just trade him high. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, fair. Looking at it from that that value, I do think. Um, you know, there's been some talk about, oh, well, franchise tagging Derrick Henry is just going to upset him. And then, what, well, what if he holds out because of it? Because he wants the big new contract. But if if anything has shown these last two years, it's that holdouts do not work for running backs. No. So if he wants to pull a Le'Veon Bell, then he's going to end up in a Le'Veon Bell situation, which I think most people would agree is not a winning situation. That's right. So, yeah, I think that actually provided them the safety mm-hmm. net. Yeah, I mean, had use it on them. And and he's you know if he's smart, he's looking at that, and then he's going to take the guaranteed money of you know twelve million dollars for one year. Hopefully, like I said, he can either a they'll franchise him again next year, or he does what he did this year and gets a decent contract next year. But like Melvin Gordon, he still hasn't signed with a team. Um, and he, you know, I think the Chargers offered him something like $10 million on average last year and he turned it down. Um, so it just shows that the running back market is just not what it used to be. And clarification, I, I looked up, it looks like it's $10.2 million for the franchise tag salary for this year, which is still, uh, I mean, that's still a top five money. Basically. Absolutely. Well, I guess we'll see how the rest of free agency shakes out, obviously. But right. For the time being, yeah, that's that's great money for a running back, um, especially one that up until this year did not exactly show out. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying. Uh, consistently, anyways. That's right. So the next big running back transaction we have to talk about here, um, David Johnson getting shipped off to Houston in a trade with the Arizona Cardinals – for DeAndre Hopkins. This was this was bizarre. This, this was literally so bizarre. when I saw this trade, when it came out um, you know, with my job uh, this week uh, and the whole coronavirus thing, I was very unplugged from the fantasy world for a few days. And when I saw this news, it l- almost made my head explode. <laughs> this, this this is one of those, uh, I, I am a hashtag never veto in, in Dynasty. Uh or redraft for trades. This is one of those uh, trades that I might consider uh, throwing a veto on just because it was so lopsided for the Cardinals. They they got away with fucking murder here. Should this have been our drunk trade of the week? Probably. It, it probably should have been. <laughs> probably should have made it into the segment. But, yeah, I mean, you're giving up uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Still or- one of the best wide receivers in the league. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's no way that any reasonable person puts him outside of the top three at the position. No. Um, and he's not old. He's not old. He's not crossed the 30 threshold at this point. No. But giving him up to get David Johnson and a second round pick. Oh, don't forget about they swap fourth round picks, a 2020 fourth for a 2021 fourth. Right. That does change everything. I take it all back. Um no, that's it's outlandish. So, can we talk about the David Johnson part mm-hmm. of it first? Okay, so worst case scenario for David Johnson, in my view, was that he stayed in Arizona, correct? Because they were going, they were going to use Kenyon Drake, right? Um, and, and they, and you know, I suppose we can touch on this a little bit. They put the, I believe it was the transition tag on him, 
Right. Yeah. Uh, so he's staying with Arizona. Obviously, now that they have this big bloated contract for David Johnson off the books, I expect them to maybe sign him to, you know, maybe like in a, a three or four year deal here. Um, but yeah, so back to David Johnson. Yeah, so David Johnson went to a team. I had actually predicted that they were that Houston was going to get an Arizona running back, but I actually thought it was going to be Kenyon Drake. Because I thought if anybody would pay Kenyon Drake the amount that he was looking for, mm-hmm. which was like eight to ten million, which for him and his limited production was kind of crazy, it would be Bill O'Brien. So my thinking was correct, but I even I could not predict how fucking insane Bill O'Brien would would go ultimately. Um, but I don't love the landing spot because they don't throw to the running back as much as you would want them to. Mm-hmm. Even with Duke Johnson being there, they didn't utilize him that well. So now is Duke Johnson going to stay? Is David Johnson going to be with him? First of all, having two D Johnsons in your backfield, that's that's a step too far in my book. They, they should have thought about that. They I should mean, have. The only the the only thing I'll add here is that Carlos Hyde was a thousand yard rusher last year. Um, while David Johnson didn't look explosive this last year when he was healthy uh, by any stretch of the imagination, um, I, I think that bodes well that they'll probably be giving him the rock, uh, especially with his salary. Like they're not paying him just to come in and catch some passes. Maybe uh, they're going to use him, and he's going to get you know three down back work. Um, so I feel like he could be a mid-range RB2, um, again, assuming he's healthy going into this season. Okay. So Carlos Hyde finished as RB, I want to say, 26 mm-hmm. last year. Um, obviously, Carlos Hyde was never really a pass catcher. So Correct. we didn't expect that. And that's, again, presumably why they brought in Duke Johnson to do that. So two, two-part question here for you. Do you think that David Johnson then cuts into whatever receiving work Duke Johnson was already getting? And also, so do you predict that David Johnson outpaces Carlos Hyde in terms of rushing yardage? I think if he stays healthy, he can. Um, personally, uh, in, in in my dynasty leagues, I'm going to probably be trying to get some low ball offers out there for Duke Johnson, uh, just in the off chance that uh, David Johnson does not stay healthy. Uh, I think I could you could probably get him for like a late third at this point. Um, at least that's going to be my starting offers. Because um, if, if David Johnson goes down, you know he's going to step right into that role and could be a good return on that value. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I... I don't hate it, um, especially, yes, because, yeah, what if something happens to the other DJ? Well, then you've got this guy who can do I mean, Duke Johnson can do it. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly a pummeler, um, but he's not a satellite back either. He's not Darren Sproles. So mm-hmm. He could take on some extra work as well. Um, I don't know what they ultimately do in terms of adding another running back to the mix with Lamar Miller. I don't know what's going to happen there if they use him at all well he's a free agent so um he's not even on the team right now oh i see i think that's good to know i thought he was still looped in for another year nope well that kind of settles that um Um, so they'll they'll probably bring in someone late in the draft i would guess maybe well i don't know how many draft picks they had maybe like fifth sixth round but um 
or maybe they'll sign one of these guys after free agency totally dies down, more of a, a proven uh, veteran. Isaiah uh, Crowell, you think they'll add? Somebody has to add Isaiah Crowell. Probably. He's, He's always out there. Or maybe they'll bring back Carlos Hyde. Who knows? Maybe. Okay, I have to pose this to you because we've now talked about basically all of the pieces involved in this trade I just made today. Mm-hmm. So I want to put it out into the world. Okay, so I had David Johnson, and when he went to Houston, I thought it was great news mm-hmm. for fantasy purposes because running back, former stud running back on a team that looks to be a workhorse, doesn't matter the exact situation, mm-hmm. it's always a perceived uptick Correct. in the fantasy community at large. So. I knew I wanted to get rid of him. I drafted him in the 10th round of startup this year, but I knew I wanted to get rid of him. So I traded David Johnson and John Ross for Robert Woods and Naheem Hines. What do you think? Um, I don't mind it, actually. Um, I think Bobby Woods is going to bounce back this year. Uh, and Naheem Hines, as we just talked about, you know, we're, we're expecting more... Uh, production out of him with Philip Rivers, where he's probably going to be a, a more of a steady flex option for you. So um, I don't mind it, especially because David Johnson. I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy. He's been injured the last couple of years. John That's Ross, okay. he's Thanks. been injured as well. Um, I know he flashed early in the season, but is that reality or mirage? We don't know yet. So yeah, I don't mind that trade. Woo! Yeah, I got rid of some injury risk with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm more interested in Kenyon Drake this year, way more interested in Kenyon Drake with him getting the transition tag mm-hmm. and staying in Arizona. It's him and Chase Edmonds for right now. And I, both Chase Edmonds looked great, too. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I think that whole offense, with and now with DeAndre Hopkins added to the mix, it's all just so dynamic. I don't even know what to do with it. I, I know. want all the shares. I want so, all the shares. So, so briefly, let's uh, just touch on Deshaun Watson. What does that do for him and his fantasy outlook? Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I think it's a, the tiniest of downticks for him for fantasy. I agree. I mean, they have two wide receivers now that can't stay healthy between Kiki Kuti and Will Fuller. Um, I would expect they would probably draft someone, but again, I don't think they have any early draft picks this year. So, I mean, losing a guy that gets funneled 160 targets a year uh, and catches everything that's thrown at him, uh, that's going to be hard to replace. It's going to be very tough to replace. I think Watson still... Um, with his legs provides you a safe floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I do still anticipate that they're not done making moves mm-hmm. in free agency. It could be another stupid move or where they overpay somebody again. Right. Uh, I'm fully prepared for that, but I don't think that they're done yet. So um, I-, I say it's a small downtick for right now. If they really don't have anybody else besides um, who did they, didn't they add Randall Cobb? I think he ended mm-hmm. up going over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if they don't add anybody else right now, then it's going to be a more significant uh, hit to his production. But I really think that they'll come in and maybe uh, bring in like an Emmanuel Sanders. Or wait, no, he signed with Dallas, didn't he? I know there Shit. was ch- chatter of that, but I don't know if that was. Uh... Maybe that's not. A, uh, a true deal here. Um, okay, yeah, I don't see it on the official list, so maybe that actually didn't happen for sure yet. So if they bring in somebody like that um, to kind of help bolster it, then, you know, it's going to be tough 
because he was his buddy, like he was where he filtered every every dire situation is just look for D Hop and mm-hmm. swing it away. And hopefully he comes out of it. And most times he did. Most times he, he helped out. Yep. Um but yeah, it's it's unfortunate. But I'm not selling Deshaun Watson right now because I think his perceived value is lower than his actual value right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I think if I were to have Will Fuller on any of my teams, um, I would wait until right before the season starts when the hype is building and you see some preseason games, uh, or maybe at, maybe after the first couple weeks of the season where he blows up, uh, I would trade him and, and, and get as much as you can from him because you know he's just a ticking time bomb waiting to get injured again. I, I love that plan of attack, honestly. I love it. Um, but circling back real quick, where do you project Kenyon Drake to finish this year? Um, probably a high end running back two, uh, maybe flirting with that running back one, you know, that 12 to 14 range. Um, again, just kind of depending on how that offense evolves, obviously with D hop, um, they're now in Arizona and running their air raid. It's going to open things up. Um, I would like to see Arizona spend a little bit more on their offensive line and shore that up a bit, but, um, with what we saw last year from Kenyon Drake, there's no reason why he can't continue this next season. For sure. For sure. Um, I like that. I'm just, yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that offense other than to say that I really want all of it. Like mm-hmm. just give me your Kyler Murray. Obviously um, we haven't talked about him yet. He takes the biggest increase out of any player from free agency for right for oh, me. Oh, he is gonna be in the Lamar Jackson chatter the longer this offseason goes, just with that one addition alone. It's gonna be ridiculous. Everyone's gonna project Kyler to uh take that next big step in and jump up there with the elites. We already talked about him in a previous episode, how you know we both liked him and we couldn't fathom him really being finishing lower than the QB8, which is where he finished this last year. And so now I think you have reason to put him firmly in the top five. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that he's de facto number one now. Correct. Uh, Same here. But yeah, he is definitely interesting, and you better have traded for Mm -hmm. him before this news broke. That's right. Uh, All right. Do we want to talk Jordan Howard? Well, let's do that. Okay. He signed a two-year deal with Miami. Good move for Miami. Yeah. They I mean, needed somebody. I mean, when obviously I feel like they're going to bring in a, a young running back still, but he's when he's healthy, he's been consistently decent. You know, he's over uh, four yards a carry. Uh, you know, obviously he doesn't catch the the ball of the backfield, but but he does run the ball up the middle well. He's reliable. He does that very well. Very consistent. Great at the goal line. Mm-hmm. Um, he you know was basically on pace for thousand yard seasons again (laughs) yeah Yeah, i mean um the injuries last year sucked that zapped some of the wind out of his sails uh did allow miles sanders to shine so i am excited for miles sanders this year to get howard out of the way um it remains to be seen whether philadelphia replaces jordan howard with somebody via the draft yet yeah, kind of like we were talking about with Houston, it's either going to be, you know, someone late in the draft, I would guess, or, you know, just just a jag off the waiver wire, you know, over the summer once free agency kind of cools down. I can't imagine them spending high draft capital again, especially with a lot of their other needs that they have. There's uh, so many other needs. Yeah. 
Um, but Jordan Howard, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would have preferred him to go to an offense, you know, that is set up a little better for the run game. Um, that offense, though, with Fitzpatrick, with a healthy Preston Williams, with Devontae Parker, it looked good for stretches. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the worst landing spot for him. Well, and to yeah, be like fair, he, said, he doesn't catch the ball. You know, to be fair, Miami hasn't had a good running back since Kenyon Drake, but he never got the chance to shine. So, um, you know, maybe this will be a good fit for him. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm a, I'm a wait and see on Howard, I mm-hmm. think, for this year. That's right. So, Jake, how do you feel about the Austin Eckler signing? Yeah, he signed a contract extension, four years, $24.5 million. Um, uh, what do you think moving forward with Austin Eckler? That move really kind of shocked me. We we talked about this previously, but I just didn't know that they would commit to him as if he was a workhorse. His contract kind of tells me that they're committing to him like a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not extravagant baller money, but nobody should expect running backs to get that kind of money for right now. Well, and for an undrafted free agent, I mean, exactly. he did really well for himself exactly so i'm excited for the guy mm-hmm. um, yes he doesn't have philip rivers there tossing the ball anymore so we'll have to see what uh the chargers do for their quarterback situation mm-hmm. if they bring in a gunslinger you know a la Jameis, who's still as of now hanging out in free agency mm-hmm. that would hit his uh value pretty hard but anybody else really um i think he'll be just fine and i'm I, He's a low, low end RB one, high end RB two for me still right now. Though. Mm-hmm. But I am excited for him. Yes, so am I. I. I like the move. I think it shows that he is the guy there. Um, I think there was some concern, you know, with Melvin Gordon leaving. You know what was going to happen, but um, I, yeah, I think they proved it that he is the guy. So um, I'm all on board with him. Uh, low end wide uh, wide receiver, running back one. Um, Go get him if you can. Ride him out for a couple years here. Um, I think you're going to get really good, solid production out of him. Absolutely. So then we still have a couple. Okay. I got one other guy. Okay. Yeah. I I have one that I want to highlight, if you don't mind. Go for it. And it's it just happened recently, but it's J.D. McKissick, mm-hmm. uh, former Seattle running back, just signed a two-year deal with Washington. For three point so two five million dollars, catching <laughs> specialist who rarely got used in Seattle, mm-hmm. and now Chris Thompson's gone. Mm-hmm. Presumably, that's what this means for Washington. Uh, Bryce Love has been battling through some issues, and and he was kind of the guy expected to take on that role from Chris Thompson. I think it's McKissick now. Do you have any interest in him from a fantasy perspective now? Not really. I mean, in a dynasty league, if he was out of my waiver wire, I might, you know, spend minimal fab on him um, just to see what happens. Uh, could he be more involved? Say, you know, Darius Geis or Adrian Peterson gets hurt. Yes, but overall, I mean, it's just minimal interest. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, not so coincidentally. That is actually the exact words that my fiance uh, said about me when we first started dating. Like, uh, uh, yeah, Jake, yeah, I, I got minimal interest in that guy. Oh, I mean, if he's around, you know, I won't leave the room. That's basically 
uh, how we started. So nice. I wanted to share that story with our listeners. That's terrific. But yeah, um, <laughs> obviously, some big names Are out there. Are there any other running backs that you want to delve into? Any anybody that we missed here? No, no one that's been signed. Obviously, there's some big names still out there. Um, you know, we've got Todd Gurley, who was just released today. Devonta Freeman. You've got Melvin Gordon still out there. Um, you know, so still some pretty big names that that are, are going to get homes. Uh, it's just a matter of where do they sign and um, kind of what that looks like. So um, no one else I really want to point out, though, today. Uh, you have anyone else you want to talk about here? I'll take your silence as a no. Um, looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulties here. It's a firm no. Are you there, Jake? It's a firm no. <laughs> All right. I'm here. Okay. Good. So um, I think we'll uh, cut this episode uh, here for this week. We'll, we'll stop at the running backs, and then we'll come back next week, do a little wide receiver and tight end free agency talk, and then uh, you know follow back up with any other signings that may have happened um, uh, in, in the week here until we record. How does that sound? I think it sounds fantastic. Uh, I can't wait until more of these shenanigans go down that mm-hmm. we get to talk about because this is this is it everybody this is the entertainment that we have to rely on for possibly months this is so literally the only sports we have that's right we better squeeze every last drop of juice out of this process and i just uh, want to say believe that we're gonna... a totally unrelated note um uh, uh, i watched dodgeball this weekend and i said to my wife I was like, if there is ever a time we needed ESPN 8 The Ocho, it's right now. I really wish we had it just to have the obscure sports uh, replays that we could watch. Uh, but unfortunately, that's just not a thing. Did you see some guy from ESPN uh, on Twitter today posted that ESPN was turning into ESPN 8 The Ocho? I missed uh, I that. I think over the weekend. I, I, I'm fairly certain it was a ruse. It was done satirically. Um, but they had a whole slate of scheduling, which included like um, cherry pit spitting. Oh, I would be uh, all over that. Oh my God, just anything to watch right now. <laughs> they did include a dodgeball slot in that in that line. Well, as, and I know it was facetious, probably, but I would be so amped for it. Oh, absolutely. But um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll the end the episode here. Um, you can find the podcast on us at Twitter. I know words. I'm talking uh, at Drinking Fantasy. Uh, you can find me, Dustin, at FF Dusty Dog. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge because that's my name. And uh, everyone, be safe out there. Uh, practice your social distancing. Um, uh, hunker in here. I think we're going to be in, in this for a while. But uh, as we said at the beginning of the episode, we are here to bring you some entertainment and some levity in, in the seriousness that uh, – is the situation uh, worldwide we have going on. So until we hit your earballs next time, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Woo.